for saving my soul. Could you sing this now before we go to the Word? Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Aren't you glad He saved you? Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. One more time now. Thank you, Lord. Oh, isn't he good this morning? I just want to thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Oh, thank you, Lord, for giving to me all oh, thy great salvation so rich and free. Amen. Bow your heads with me, if you will. Maybe you've got a special need that you'd like to make known by way of uplifted hand this morning. I know God sees all of those needs. Aren't you glad he saved you? Aren't you glad he gave you the power to become the sons and daughters of God? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for each one of these that have gathered together this morning. We thank you for that salvation power, Lord, that lays within us. Lord, the power to meet every need that we have this morning. Lord, you see what every request is, Lord, what's behind every raised hand. I pray, Lord, that you'd meet that this morning as the word goes forth. I, Lord, you know how to turn my direction and my thoughts, Lord, and speak directly to the people. Lord, and maybe even something I didn't even plan to say, but, but you have a way of turning it, Lord, just exactly the way you'd want it to be. I pray you'd speak to hearts and minds today. and Lord, help us to know that you're God, that you're more powerful than any thing that this world has, any hold that the devil has. You have more power than that. Lord, you said greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. And we believe that today, God, and we thank you for it. And we pray that you'd come and you'd take over this service. Lord, and we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13 this morning. Matthew 16 and 13. Good to have you with us. On a Sunday morning, God bless you, each and every one, for showing up. I several still gone, but one of these days, you know, that's just the way it is in the summer, isn't it? And it's a good time to get out of town, but it's a good time to be in the house of the Lord too, isn't it? Amen. Good to have Brother Jeremy up here on the front row, and and uh, always good to see people on the front row. But Joel's been up here setting a standard on the front row. Either that, or he doesn't want to sit by his wife. So we're not sure exactly which, but. But it's good to have people up front. Matthew 16 and 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? It matters what you say about him, what you believe about him. They said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on power to bind him the worst or any. Power to bind him the worst or any. I had uh, mentioned to you about the message paradox that I've been listening to. The one that Brother Branham preached in December of 1961. He relates at the beginning of that sermon a a story or or a a vision that he had had. And he said it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. He said, I'd gotten up and I looked in front of me and looked like I was standing on the map of Palestine. I was coming down to the Jordan. I watched you standing on a map. So you know it has a spiritual significance. He said, I was coming down to the Jordan. He said, and as I drew near the river, I looked back and seen which way I had come. And I was two-thirds of the way there to the Jordan. He said, and I looked across Jordan and I said, oh, praise God. Just on the other side is where all the promises lay. Every promise lays in the promised land. Now remember, this is December of 1961. Now I want you to to notice today, and I want to make this statement right now, that I believe we're living in the land today where all the promises lay. We're not two-thirds of the way there. And you know that he had had the first pole of his ministry, the second pole of his ministry, but it would be the third pole that brought him all the way into the promised land. And and so he said that's where every promise lays. And so understanding the opening of the word and, and what God has done for us in this day isn't just some abstract theology, but it's actually knowing that God has made himself present in our day and he's actually brought every promise to become a reality to us that we don't have to fear anything, right? We don't have to fear any spirit. We don't have to fear any, any, any theology. Right. We don't have to fear any idea of man. But we, we have a God who is able to overcome everything that comes our way. Yeah. How many believe that this right. morning? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Our God is able. And what does the third pole do? What does the opening of the word do? We use those terms. We've come all the way into the promised land. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Now, the word is amen in case you've forgotten it. Amen. And so Brother Branham said, then when I come into the vision again, so he comes back into the vision. He said, it seemed that I was lifted up and sitting on a narrow highway with some brother. I never knew who the brother was. I looked around and seemed like everybody was afraid. I said, what's everybody so afraid of? And a voice came and said, there is such danger in these days. How many can say amen to that this morning? There's such danger in these days. You have to be careful because death is all around us. Yet it it doesn't have to affect us. But it is out there. And I'm talking now of spiritual death. It's everywhere. Death is everywhere. You've got to be careful. There's such danger in these days. There's a great hideous thing that's death when it strikes you. He said, and I heard the weeds mashing down. And I looked and here come a huge monster snake 
crawling through the weeds. That's not a a vision. That's a nightmare. (laughs) A huge monster snake. I I don't think there's such a thing as a good snake. My son tells me that there is, and he's always trying to pick them up by the tail and and, and tells us that there's certain ones we should leave in the yard. And my wife and I agree. We've come to an agreement that, that there's no such thing as a good snake in our yard. So we do everything we can to keep them out. But, uh, but when you look at that and begin to, uh, you realize that this was something that was represented something. It represented death. He said, I thought now, knowing this is vision, he said, I'll see what this animal or this beast is. He said, and he crawled up on the highway. And as soon as I got sight of him, I knew it was a, a mamba. Now, he said, a mamba is an African snake, which is the most deadly bite of all things there is. There's nothing as poison as a mamba. And the snake, of course, represents sin and death. So what did God show him? Brother Branham, having been in Africa and knowing what the worst snake was, the worst land snake in the world is the mamba. If it bites you, you'll only live for a few minutes. And so he shows him the very worst that there was and, and says, this is what's out there stalking the highway. right? And, and this represents sin and death. He said, and here he was on the highway. I thought, well, this is it. So I looked at him, and he looked angry at me, and he licked his tongue, and here he come. He said, but when he got right close to me, he said he would run up fast, and then he would get slower and slower and just quiver and stop, and then something would hold him off. He couldn't bite me. He said, and he would turn around on the other side, try to approach from this side, he would get back and get a start and swish right towards me, get slower and slower and slower, and then to a stop. He said, then he would shake like that and move back. He couldn't strike me. He said, then he turned and looked at my friend, and away he went after my friend. And this is always the way the devil does, by the way. If he can't get you, he'll try to get those around you. He said, he, tur- I, he turned and looked at my friend. Away he went after my friend. I see my friend just jumping away in the air over him and over him and over him trying, and the thing was striking at him. I must have scared the poor man to death. He said, I thought, oh, if it ever hits him, it'll be instant death. He said, no wonder everybody is so scared. He said, and I threw my hands up, and I said, oh, God, have mercy on my brother. And just then the serpent turned to me when I said that and looked at me again. And a voice came from above me and said, you have been given power to bind him the worst. Right? This is the worst snake. This is as bad as it gets. Oh, I hope you're hearing me this morning. It's the worst thing that you could possibly face in the wild as far as a snake, the worst snake that there was. He said, but you've been given power to bind him. The worst or any. Amen. And I said, well, God, what must I do? He said, there's one thing you must do. You must be more sincere. I said, well, God, forgive me for my insincerity. Let me have sincerity. When I raised up my hands to him again, there was a great something came over me, just lifted me up, seemed like that my whole body was charged with something. And I looked at the serpent, and then he started towards me, and he couldn't do it yet. And I said, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind you. And the serpent, a blue smoke flew out of him. He curled up. He said, made that sign like a capital S made backwards, an and sign, an and sign. He said, and means bind this one. Oh, I love this. Or anything below him. Bind this one or anything below him. 
because he was the worst. He said, blue smoke fell out of him. His tail choked his own self to death around his head. And the brother was free. And just then a voice came again and said, you can unbind him also. So I said, then Satan, that I might know, I unbind you. And when it did, he started coming to life again, wiggling. And I said, I bind you back in the name of Jesus Christ. When it did, the smoke flew out of him again. He choked himself right back again and turned to crystal. He said, then when he did that, that voice said, now you must be more sincere than what you are to do this. He said, then it left me, and I was standing in the room. Now, I want us to kind of lay that there as a foundation and, and go on. Now, Brother Branham continues to preach on a paradox, and what it was, he said it was incredible but true. It's the same thing as a miracle. He said it's incredible, but it actually is a fact. He said later, and later in the message, he goes back and he ties this vision to our text, with, which is Matthew 16, 19, when Jesus says, uh, who do you say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So, and then he says, You've been, you, it, the things that you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And Brother Branham said, oh, he said, that's what that vision was. Now, so Jesus says that again in Matthew 18 and 18. He said, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In verse 19, again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Do we really believe that this morning? Do we really believe it? Now look, he said, it shall be done for them. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them, as we've talked about recently. Now this scripture was manifested literally. Now think about it. In the upper room. Because the Bible tells us, and we've been over that as well recently, the Bible tells us that they were all with one accord in one place. There were two or three gathered together. They were there in his name. And they were agreeing together. They were in one accord as to what should be done. So they were there in the upper room. And this scripture literally come to pass that the Holy Spirit fell. And now remember what Jesus told him. He said, I'm going to give you the keys, plural, to the kingdom giving you the keys to the kingdom. So Peter takes one of those keys, and he has the key, and what a key is, is a key unlocks a mystery. A key unlocks a mystery. There's a mystery behind the door, and when you unlock the door, then it's revealed to you what's inside the room. Yeah. Right? If your house was locked and I'd never been in it, if you had the key to it, you'd unlock the door, and then when you walk in, you're able to see all the things that are on the inside. And so Peter has the keys to the kingdom. So now watch what happens. Here the Holy Ghost fell in Acts 2.37. And Peter has preached his sermon. It says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was he doing? He was using the key. To unlock the door for these people. He was unbinding. Now think about it. He said, I've given you the power to bind the worst or to unbind it. The power to bind the worst or any. Now here is Simon Peter taking the keys and using his scriptural authority to unbind it. Brother Branham said it this way. He said, now they said, men and brethren, what can we do? He said, that's the question. And he said, how are we going to get it? Who's got the keys? Come here, Simon. You got the keys. Pull them off your side. 
Oh my, you believe we still have the keys today? Yes. Still have those same keys. Right? We can tell somebody, say, well, how, how can I be saved? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of yes. Jesus Christ. That key still works. Right. right? It's still the same. So now he said, who's got the keys? Come here, Simon. You got the keys. Pull them off your side. What are you going to say? Now remember, Jesus Christ said, if you bind it on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. If you loose it on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. And if he's God, you believe he's God this yes. morning. He has to keep his word. So Brother Branham is talking to the Catholic priest because a Catholic priest is, uh, they believe, the Catholics believe that God gave the church the power to forgive sins. And that's why uh, you confess to the priest and he will forgive you of your sins. I want to tell you this morning, I can't do that for you. Right? You could confess your sins to me. It wouldn't do you any good as far as other than just let somebody know. Maybe it would make you feel better. But it wouldn't, I couldn't absolve you of those sins. I can't do that. But if you confess them to God... Right? He's the one who forgives sins. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. But now, here, uh, the, the Catholics believe because that Peter was given the keys that they have the ability to do that. Brother Branham dealt with it this way. He said, the Catholic said, didn't Christ give his church, which, are, which we are his church, the power to forgive sins on earth? He said, he certainly did. I said, now if you'll forgive them the same way that they forgive them, I'll go with you. I said, how'd they forgive them? Did they tell them, go do a novena or something, or the way you do? See, the key, it doesn't change, yeah. right? If you're going to unbind, if you're going to open that door, you can't change the way that you get in. Right. The way is still by repentance and baptism, yeah. right, and receiving the Holy Ghost. That's yeah. still the way in. Right. Yeah, that doesn't change. He said, he said, no, sir. Peter said, repent. He said, there's the key. Repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, the key went click on earth and went click in heaven. Now, we can say anything, right? But if we're using the key, now, what was it? The key was to unlock the mystery of Matthew uh, 28, 19, to unlock the mystery of... Uh, of baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Right? That's a mystery. Right? It was placed there to bind. Yes. Right? But he said, I've given you power to bind and to loose. The worst or any. So now it was placed there to bind. And that's why many people today are confused by that. It was put there for the purpose of that. But yet Peter had the key to it. And he said, repent and be baptized every one of you. He said, why would God do that? Because we must seek God by faith. There's got to be a revelation that comes to you. Not just anybody can come and, and, and see the things that you see. But there's got to be something down on the inside of you. We call it a seed of God. Something eternal inside of you. That there's something there that responds when, when that key when that door is unlocked you say that's it so there's got to be a key that you have to be able to have revelation to see what the word is now now again Matthew 16 19 he said I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven now he said keys and these were given to Peter and we believe we still have these today now, we know that God does nothing without a man. Brother Branham said, Peter was given the key to the kingdom and said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. What does a key do? It unlocks something, the mystery. And when Jesus said, go baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, sitting there, he said, setting that there 
to blind the unbeliever. Yeah. You say, well, God can't do that. Why not? He's God. Yeah. Yeah, sure. God does what he wants. Right. But there's a purpose in it. Now, there were some mysteries that were hidden in the scripture. And I'm not going to go back into all of this today because you understand this, but just to kind of give you an idea of where I'm going today, there are some mysteries hidden in the Scripture, and Daniel talks about it, Revelation talks about it in Revelation 10, 7. It says, In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. So we'd say it like this, that the doors will all be unlocked. The, uh, the key will finally unlock the door. The, the, the church at that time will have the keys. The seventh angel, if we could be more particular, will have the keys to unlock the door to the entire mystery of God. Now, we know that some had different keys at different times. Luther had a key to unlock justification. Wesley had the key to unlock sanctification. The Pentecostals had a key to unlock the restoration of the gifts. Right? They understood that when others didn't. But here comes the seventh angel with the key to unlock all the mysteries of God. Right? To, to go all the way across the Jordan. To go into where the promises of God are. The key to do that. The power to bind and to unbind, not just a part of the scriptures, but all of the scriptures. You realize where we live this morning? We don't live under a partial realization. We don't live under a thing where where we have an excuse. We don't have an excuse anymore for how we live and what we do. We've been given power to become sons and daughters of God. We've been given authority to, to take hold of the keys and unlock the mysteries of God. Yes. We've been given the revelation that we have need of. It's yes. all here for us. Yes. We're not looking for someone to go that last step into the promised land. But a prophet of God walked into it, yes. unlocked it for us. Yes. And we're standing on the shoulders of a prophet of God today. And we have access to healing. We have access to salvation. We have access to the word of God. Are you, are you with me today? We've got access to whatever we have need of. So that removes all excuses. You say, Brother Ben, well, I just can't seem to live it. I just can't seem to be happy. I just can't seem to, I just can't seem to take advantage of the promise of joy. I just can't seem to take advantage of the promise of peace. I just can't seem to take advantage of the promise of healing. Well, why is that? It's not, it's not God's fault because this is the land of the promises. This is the land where the promises lay. You're living in it. The mystery of God is finished. The door is unlocked. Before that time, those people did not know how to be saved. Men and brethren, what should we do? But when Peter unlocked the door. Come on. Yeah. Oh my, that's what this message did to us. Yes. Are you hearing me this morning? Oh my. Excuse me, I've been a little low on breath all week, but we're getting there. Now... The Bible says, so, so now we, we found the seventh angel then has the key to unlock the hidden mystery of the entire Bible. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 25. It says, he must reign, Christ must reign till he hath put all enemies. Someone say all enemies. He must reign. He must exercise his, his power till he hath put all enemies under his feet. He said, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. This is the worst. 
Now, and, and what I've said so far, I just want you to remember that as we continue going. Put on your thinking caps because it'll be important as we go along. So he said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Behold, I show you a mystery. Click. Right? They didn't know this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. <laughs> In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. So now, now, but he, watch what he told him. He said, I'll show you a mystery. Paul had a key to unlock that portion of it that could be understood in their day. But there's a portion of that rapture mystery that was left for this day. How many understand that? Brother Branham taught us that. This mystery of going must be revealed by the seventh angel's message. He said, but to the church, the bride, the rapture is a revelation to her. It's revealed to her. How many believe you're the bride tonight, this morning? Yes. You believe you're the bride. If you're the bride of Jesus Christ... And the rapture is a revelation to you. You say, Brother Ben, that's, that's beyond my understanding. He didn't say that it was an understanding to you or knowledge to you. Yeah. He said it was revelation to right. you. Yeah. It's revelation to you. You get to walk into it. You've got the key to it. You've been handed the key yeah. to the rapture. Oh, my. He said, but that's a door that's locked, and that's where so many people stop. Because they see a door that's locked, and they say, well, I can never be a real Christian because that, that's locked to me. I, I can't be like all these other people. I, I just wouldn't, it wouldn't be right. I, I, I can't live like that. I can't do like that. I, I can't receive my healing. That's a door that's locked to me. You've been given the keys. Yes. Huh. By the message of the hour. And what I want to lift up to you this morning and, and try to get you to understand is that the keys, oh God, it was Peter who had the key. They could stand there and quote Matthew 28, 19 all they wanted to, but they had to get the key to it. Yeah. And it's this message that gives us the key to the entire Bible. Yeah. Then what should we be doing? We should be getting into the message of the hour. We should be preaching the message of the hour. We should be reading the message of the hour because that's the key. Yes. He gave us the key to the rapture. Yes. The rapture was a door. And the, and the church age walked up to it and said, we can't go in. Yeah. And God said, here's the revelation of it. Yes. Right? He said, well, that's hard for me to understand. No, it's, you just have to believe it. <laughs> The key to it is in the seventh angel's message, yeah. not my message. Right. Why do we do what we do? Why do we try to spread this message around the world? Why do we try to tell people? Why do we witness about it? I think some people have gotten ashamed of it, and that's a shame. This message is Christ. Amen. This message is not a cult. It's not a following. It's not a man. It's key yes. to unlock the rapture. Hey, man, you want to go? How many want to go today? You're getting tired of this world, getting tired of the things going on, getting tired of, of all the things in politics, getting tired of the economy, getting tired. I want to go. How are we going to go? By this message. That's what gives us the key, amen, where we can walk up to the door confidently, walk up to the door and say, here I am. Yeah. 
I'm ready to go home. We can dress ourselves in the message of the hour. See, the, the door has to be unlocked for us to go through. But the Bram said the, the rapture is a revelation to her. It's revealed to her that the revelation, the true bride of Christ will be waiting for that revelation of the rapture. He said, now it is a revelation for the revelation is faith. You cannot have a revelation without it being faith. He said, faith is a revelation because it's something that's revealed to you. He said, faith is something that's been revealed to you like it was to Abraham. That could call anything contrary. Listen to what had been revealed to him as though it wasn't so. Right? So we have a message that's been revealed. Yes. We have a message. And, and, and faith in this hour is called anything contrary to the message of the hour as though it wasn't so. Right. And, and I'm not telling you to go away and say, well, you take things that are outside of the Bible. No, the message of the hour is the scriptures yeah. for our day. You understand that the word is the word made flesh and manifest and, and opened up to us in our day. It won't be anything outside of the book. It can't be. It's got to be within it. And so, but it's just the unlocking of it so that we can see what's on the inside. So it's something that's revealed to us like Abraham. So we look at that and we say, well, anything contrary to that. The world says you've got to do this, you've got to do that. The world says this is how you should raise your families. The world said this is how you should treat your wife. The world said this is how you should treat your husband. But the message of the hour says. Are you with me now? It matters what the message says. Because the message of the hour is the unlocking of the key. Amen. Amen. Now look, and it's not just big mysteries, it's our everyday life. But so now when we see something that's contrary to it, so your, your body tells you, says, you're going to die and you're going to stay dead. And, and you're never going to, there's never going to, there's no hope for you. There's no resurrection. Maybe your spirit tells you, oh, you've done too many bad things. You've, you've entered. But what did the message tell you? Yeah. Huh? What did the message tell yeah. you? The message said, you're going to be raised with him. You've already been quickened with him. The message said that your sins were put in the sea of forgetfulness. Right? That's what the message of the hour said. That's what the the word, this word for our day. It's literally just that part of this word, that, that portion for our day. The word of the hour is just God coming down and through a prophet manifesting and showing and revealing to us the things that we would need for our time. There were certain things that were given for breakfast, certain things that were given for dinner or lunch, and certain things that were given for supper. What was it? This is the evening time. Yeah. This was time for a full seven-course meal. So at this time, the Holy Ghost dispensed through a prophet the things that we would need to eat. Amen. To be able to go home. Now, Brother Brown said the church, he said, is built upon a revelation of the whole entire body. Again, Brother Brown says this. He said, I believe that through these seven thunders, through those seven thunders will be revealed in the last days in order to get the bride together for rapturing faith. He said, because what we got right now, we wouldn't be able to do it. He said, there is something we've got to step further. He said, we can't have enough faith for divine healing hardly. We've got to have enough faith to be changed in a moment and be swept out of this earth. You realize the challenge of this hour is higher than the challenge of the Pentecostal age. Because the challenge of the Pentecostal age was just to reproduce the gifts again in the church. But this is to do that and more. This is to go beyond that and to go all the way back to Eden again. Brother Branham calls it another Ephesians. 
of second Ephesians. Yes. We're going to get to it in just a moment because we're going to come full circle back to the message paradox because Brother Branham talks about Joshua standing there and saying, son, stand still. Yes. And that's what we're coming back to is another Ephesians. He said, we've got to step farther. We've got to have faith to be changed in a moment. It's a higher calling than just having faith for a headache. But it's to be changed in a moment and twinkling of an eye. But I, but I wanted to kind of talk to you, and this is what was inspired to me this week, is, you know, if it's the worst, if the worst, if you can believe for the worst. Yeah. And I know some of you have real faith that you're going to go in a rapture. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe more or less than I thought. But <laughs> some of you have real faith. I'm going to make it. If there's going to be one, Brother Danny, it's going to be me. Real faith. Then you turn around and you get a headache or there's not enough money in the bank or you have trouble at work. So, well, I guess i got to figure this out on my own. You believe God's going to change your body. (laughs) That's a big deal. Right? He's going to turn me back. That's a paradox. I can't explain that. That's the worst. Huh? He's going to unbind the greatest mystery. He's going to unbind the mystery of a new body. He's going to give me the revelation of a rapture. He, he's given that to me. I believe it by faith. I believe it. Then why can't I believe him on Monday? Why can't I believe him on Tuesday? Why can't I believe him when I'm sick? Why can't I believe him when I come to church? Are you with me? Why can't I believe him when I'm at, uh, on the job? Why can't I believe him for my children? Right? He's bound the worst snake that there was. And if the mamba was bound, every little copperhead that comes up against you, you got a right to bind that. Every little black snake that comes by your way, you got a right. If the worst has been bound, you've got a right to bind any. Are you with me this morning? Hey, man. So these seven seals, now he said these thunders have to come for rapturing faith. But then he says this later, he said it's all revealed in there. Amen. And the seven seals opened up the revelation of what that was. That's what it was. He said, see, it's still in the word. You can't get out of the word. It won't leave the word. God's spirit will never leave the word. It'll stay right with the word blinding some and open the eyes of others. What is the power to bind and unbind? Now watch, the mysteries have been revealed. How many believe that this morning? So the mystery is the lock or the door. The revelation is the key. We have the revelation. Listen, if this message has delivered us from spiritual death, we underestimate the power of that. You think about it. Think about what you were. Think about what you could be today. Brother Jeremy could think about that. Some of the rest of you, I think most of us could look at that and say, I can look and see where I could be. I can look at my cousins. I can look at some of my family members and think what, what I could be. And this message gave me a key. Yes. All right? It unlocked something. The new birth, by the, by the process of the new birth, it wasn't just the letter of the message, but the spirit of it. Right. The new birth come, and when it did, it, it unlocked to me a key. And now I can look at it and say, I'm not what I could have been. Yeah. I've been saved from spiritual death. So it's just like in, in, in Egypt when uh, the Passover was going, uh, when, the, when the death angel was going everywhere and they were standing there under the token, under the blood, and they could look out and see others who were dying, other families that were losing their firstborn, and the father of the house could stand there like I'm standing today and say, it hasn't touched my house. Yes. How many can say amen to that today? Amen. It hasn't touched my house. Why has spiritual death not touched my house? Because I have the key. 
They had the key in that hour. It was blood on the doorpost. Yeah. I have the key through the message of the hour. told me, you must have the token on display. Yes. Amen. Right? And so that's the key to saving us from spiritual death. Yes. But if this message has delivered us from spiritual death and will deliver us from natural death, if it binds the worst, if the mamba has been bound, if the promised land is all around us, what about these little things? <laughs> you say, well, if I could just figure them out. Just bind them. You have the power. How do I do that? By the word. Just, just feed on the word. Now look, the voice told Brother Branham, you must be more sincere. I want us to go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, he said, you need to cross on in. This is the land where the promises are. He said, I've given it unto you. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. What's he doing? He's speaking to him. Now he shows him this is what you're going to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Go into the land. You're supposed to go all the way in. Be strong. Be courageous. Now think about it like this. Be sincere. Be sincere, be strong, be courageous, be sincere. That's what sincerity is, is being strong and courageous about the word. I hope you're hearing me now. It's not just the being sincere and just in general because you can be sincerely wrong. But it's being strong and courageous about the word. That's true sincerity. So he's reminding Joshua, you need to be more sincere. You need to be very strong. You're strong, Joshua. Be stronger. You're courageous, Joshua. Be more courageous. Because it's going to take that to enter into this land. Right. See, this land ain't for sissies. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you hear me this morning. This land ain't for sissies. This land ain't for halfway Christians. Right. This land ain't for people who don't know whether they're in or out. This land is difficult. This land is a land for warriors. This land is a land with giants in it. This land is a land of grapes, but it's also a land of giants. This land is a land. This is a land of beautiful fields that you can plant, but it's also a land of walled cities that have to be shaken down. If you're going to walk into it, it's a good land. It's a land where the promises are. But he said, you need to be more sincere to enter into this land. You need to have, you need to get really down to business with God. And if I could make a call this morning, that would be my call to myself and to each one of us individually. You need to be more sincere. If you're going into this land, you need to start caring about the house of God. You need to start caring about the things of God. You need to start really digging down into the word of God. Listen to the message of the hour. Be more sincere. Yes. Right. 
Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Because this is a good land. Listen to what he says. He said, be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do. Be sincere about it. According to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You want to know how to take the land. How many are interested in taking the land this morning? I'm interested in taking the land. I've got an interest in going all the way in because that's where the body change is. On the other side of that river, that's where the body change is. That's where the, that's where the promises are. So I have an interest in taking the land, and I believe we're in the land today. But we still have to take it for ourselves. Whatever's been allotted to us, we still have to walk on it. We still have to walk on it. How are we going to walk on it? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Joshua, be more sincere. Now, the angel told Brother Branham, Brother Branham, be more sincere. You've got to be more sincere than what you are. It's hard for me to even fathom almost. You've had these great healing meetings. God's spoken in your life. You... You fast and you pray and you touch the heart of God. Be more sincere. Because you're not just called to provide healing for the body. You realize that was just a sign to attract the people. That was just a bait on the hook. But we're not stopping with healing for the body. We're going home. So now he says, Joshua, be more sincere. Now Joshua, as he gets into the land, he gets into the battle of his life. It wasn't easy. But he said, I'll be with you. He said, Every, everywhere you go, I'll be with you. And the enemy began to run. And Joshua's got them on the move. But in Joshua chapter 10, we find that when he gets them on the move, that he's almost out of time in the day. So he needs some more time. Oh, God. He needs some more time in the day to be able to route the enemy to be able to put him to complete flight. So what does, he, what does he do? Now God's already told him, I'll be with you. You need to be more sincere, be strong, be courageous. Joshua 10, 12, then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. Now Brother Branham illustrated that, and he said, you didn't say earth stands still, although that would be more logical. But he didn't say earth stands still, he said sun stands still, because it's a paradox. What that means is you can't explain it. Right? We want to be able to explain everything, but a paradox literally means you can't explain it. Yet it's true. It's a paradox that you're saved today. You can't explain it, but it's true. Are you with me this morning? I'll try not to hold you too long. So the sun stood still. He said, sun stand still. And now moon in the valley of Agilon, the sun stood still. The moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. He said, is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. 
There was no day like that, before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. But he said he would be there with them. He said, Joshua, I'm going to go with you. Why? Because he was living now in the land of promises. He said, Joshua, if you'll be sincere, amen, if you'll believe me, if you'll walk into it, if you'll go in, if you'll fight, he said, you, you'll be able to live in the land of promises. And in the land of promises, he said, son, stand still. Now, Brother Branham said that same thing was in Mark eleven twenty three. If you say to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass, you can have what you said. He said, but you can't stand there and fumble in your mind and say it. You've got to be inspired to say it. And he goes on to the squirrels and Hattie Wright and begins to talk about that because that was Brother Branham's moment when he said, you must be more sincere. Then Brother Branham comes to a time where he spoke those things into existence. And and then Hattie Wright, actually, when he spoke, Hattie Wright spoke and her own boys were saved. And so that was the spoken word being manifested. And that was the fulfillment of that. Now he's not two-thirds of the way in the land. He's in the land. That's where the promises are, the spoken word. Are you with me this morning? He said now, uh, he said that's Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say, whosoever. Whosoever. That means me, right? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith yeah. shall come to pass. He saith, yeah. he shall have whatsoever he saith. But the man said, notice when you have a need. Perhaps like Joshua, he had a need. He never thought of the circumstances. Oh, and that's what gets us in trouble so many times. We begin to think about the circumstances. We begin to dwell on the circumstances. We begin to think about what, why it can't be. Joshua didn't stand there and measure the distance from the sun to the earth. He didn't stand there and think about, well, it's impossible for the sun to stand still. He didn't think about it. He was just inspired to say it. He didn't sit there and and argue about it. He didn't sit there and fuss about it. But he just said, sun, stand still because that's what he needed. Oh, God. And when Brother Branham needed squirrels, which seems like an insignificant thing, he just said, speak, and it'll be there. There it was. Brother Branham said, when you have a need, he had a need. He never thought of the circumstances. He spoke it, and it was God. He said, do you believe the sun stood still? So do I. How did it do it? Don't try to figure it out. But it did it. Joshua did it and raised his hands in that crucial moment. Oh, God, I hope you realize today in your crucial moment, when you get to the time when you really need it, he said in that crucial moment he had access to God. But you got to be living in the land. You don't live in the land when you get in the crucial moment. Oh, let me cross over into Jordan. No, you're already in the land. Right? Right? You're fighting. You're there. You've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're standing in the land. You're believing the word. You're, you're, You're feeding on the message of the hour. You're assembling yourselves with believers. You're in the land. See, when you don't do those things, you're keeping yourself out. You're, you're standing on the other side of the Jordan saying, well, well, I, I never see my prayers answered. No, you need to be in the land. And if you're in the land, then don't look at the circumstances. But look at the promise. When you have a need. In that crucial moment, oh, I wonder this morning, maybe someone here is going through a, a time, a crucial moment in their life. He said in that crucial moment, he had access to God. Yes. And that's what happened. It was timely. 
He said, the Spirit, oh my. See, you don't just see what you need in your life, but God sees what you need. That's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, don't take any anxious thought about tomorrow. He said, doesn't God see what you need? If God knows what the sparrow needs to live, doesn't he see what you need? What's bothering you this morning? What, what, what's keeping you out of the economy of God? You're sitting there and your mind's running about money or your mind's running about, about your family, about something else. Don't you realize this morning that, that keep, what's keeping you out? If you would just step into the land in that crucial moment, he would meet you there? Yes. Amen. The spirit of the living God has seen the need of it and pushed upon Joshua to say it. The same God seen the need of Abraham. The same God seen the need of confirming. He said this scripture to me, that's Mark eleven twenty three. confirmed it with the squirrels, with Hattie Wright, with his own wife. The, the different times, I believe it was five times of the spoken word. He said the same God seen the need of confirming this scripture to me, that that scripture is true too. He said the same God seen the need of those two predestinated boys. You have children out of the ark of safety. God sees that need. Yes. You believe he sees it today. Then in the crucial moment, you have access to God. Speak it. And it'll be. We either believe that or we don't. Oh, my. Listen, if you made the sun stand still. Oh, God. If he delivered you from spiritual death. You know, God always gives you what you have need of. I found that if I would preach, even if I was sick, if I'd preach, if I'd just do what I was supposed to do, God would make a way. Somehow in the crucial moments. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. They, Jesus said, roll the stone away. If they'd have walked away and said, oh, it just can't be done. If Mary and Martha had walked away, Lazarus would have never raised. But he said, roll the stone away. They couldn't raise Lazarus, but they could roll a stone. Are you hearing me? They could roll a stone. It might have been hard work, but they had to do it. Somebody's got to roll the stone away. Somebody's got to preach the sermon. Somebody's got to listen to the sermon. Somebody's got to be in the house of God. Somebody's got to be a believer. Somebody's got to get into the Word. Somebody's got to be reading their Bible. Somebody's got to be speaking the Word. (laughs) Be more sincere. Somebody's got to fulfill that. Oh, my Somebody's got to do it. Let's let it, let's let it be us this morning. If he made the sun stand still, if he delivered you from spiritual death, if the rapture is a revelation to you, why can't you believe for the little things that you need this morning? If, if, he, if he took care of the worst thing, the worst snake, what about all these other little things? You see, this word places you in the promises of God. Ask what you will. Musicians, go ahead and come. Ask what you will. Ask what you will. Are you struggling with, with, with things in your life? Are you struggling with sin, with besetting sin? Are you struggling with, with unbelief? Are you struggling with the world and the things of the world? Are you struggling with doubt? Are you struggling with disappointments? Are you struggling with depression? What are you struggling with? If he's able to take care of death itself, how much more is he able to bind the little serpents in your life? And if he's able to unlock the mysteries of the age, How much more is he able to give you the revelation that you have need of to make it through the next day, to make it through the next hour? Well, that's what we need. I need to know how to go into rapture, sure, but I need to know how to make it through today. I need to know what to do. I need to know how to act. I need to know what position to be in so that I can be in the perfect will of God. If he's able to take care of me in the worst moments of life, then he's able to take care of me in the best moments of life. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? 
excuse me for just pouring it in this morning and not really taking time, but I don't have a lot of breath today, but I know that God's greater than my inability and he's able to come and just let the word sink down into your heart. What do you have need of? If death itself has been destroyed, been defeated, then what about the little sickness? What about the little, the little financial problem? What about the, the inability? So I just can't live it, Brother Ben. He's giving you power to live it. We live in the land of promises. What I would advise you to do is get out the tape player if you still have one. Get your phone. Get, get into the message of the hour. Read your Bible. Feed on the Word. <laughs> Feed on the Word. That gives you strength. You're in the land then. You're, you're walking in the land. When you're walking in the land, you begin to believe those promises. You'll be just like Joshua. And in that crucial moment, you'll have access to God. You believe that today? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this group of people that's gathered together today. Lord, we've got one more service this afternoon. Lord, I believe you've met us here this morning. You're going to meet us once again. I believe, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray that the word would sink down into the hearts of each and every believer, every person here in the divine presence this morning. Lord, I know sometimes when people get nervous, they, they begin to wonder, well, maybe I'm in the, in the wrong place. I, I'm not in the will of God. Help them, Lord, to understand that the place they need to be in is in the land, in the word. I pray you grant that, Lord. That's not a, that's not a preacher. That's not a certain church, not this church or any other. But it's your word, Lord. I pray that we would be in that word. Lord, that we would be feeding on it every day. Lord, and that we would know that that word can give us strength. Like when Israel was in Egypt and they fed on the lamb. And the lamb was roasted with fire and they fed on it. When they fed on that lamb, it gave them strength for their journey. And he told them, he said, eat all of it. Don't just eat part of it. Eat every bit of it. Because you're going to need the strength for the journey. I pray that we would get that revelation today, that the door would be unlocked to the message of the hour. We'd begin to feed on the good things of God, and we'd be ready when that moment comes to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But until that time, all these other serpents, Lord, all these other, other little snakes that have come up around us, I pray you'd help us to understand we have power to bind each and every one. We thank you for that. Thank you for your word today. We love you. and Thank you for your presence that we feel now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's, let's just, we just dwell on it a moment. Let's just sing this to him. As he goes by, you'll find he's not too busy. Oh, aren't you glad he's not too busy today? Oh, he's passing by this moment all your needs. Reach out and touch the Lord. You believe He's here? Maybe this is your crucial moment this morning. You believe He's here and you can stand and say, Lord, I believe. I believe I have access to you right now. I know I'm in your word. I know I'm living in the land. Let me believe it today. Let's stand together. Raise our hands to Him. Oh, He's past. Fine, He's not too busy. Oh, to hear your 
corns dry Oh, ye He's passing by this moment oh, Aren't you glad He is? Just believe it this morning All things are possible to them that believe Oh, reach out and touch Lord as He He goes by Brother Helen, come Let's just worship for a moment Oh, and touch the Lord Thank you, Lord Oh, as he goes by, you will find he's not too busy to hear your hearts cry. He is passing by this moment and needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Once again with all our hearts, oh, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You will find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He is passing by this moment, your needs to supply reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by and same key of F learning to lean let's just sing this before we go and I'm learning to lean learning I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I've ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. And let's lift our hands and sing it to him again. Learning to lead, learning to lead, learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I've ever dreamed. I'm learning. To lean on Jesus Once again with all our hearts Oh, I'm learning to lean Learning to lean Learning to lean on Jesus Finding more power Happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Just appreciate that service and 
You know, I just love that scripture, you know, where he read, you know, we shall not all sleep, we shall all be changed. You know, it's just so so neat to see that revelation, you know, yes. that, that they understood that there was a there wasn't somebody who was gonna be raptured, amen. But amen. but I love that part in there too. But even if you go by the way of the grave, we still will all be changed. Yes. Amen. So, right. Amen. Just enjoyed that this morning. Let's sing that song. Uh, I believe it's key of G. Um, I've been changed. And let's sing a verse or two of this, and then you're free to go in the name of the Lord. We'll start with the first verse, Brother Robert. Well, I've been to the water, and I've been baptized. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been changed from the creature that I once was, and redeemed is now my name. Oh, I've been changed. I've been reborn now. All my life has been rearranged. And what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. Has been changed. Though my sins were as scarlet, they're white as snow. I was bound, but today I am free. I was lost in the darkness, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, I've been changed. I've been reborn now. All my life has been rearranged. And what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All my life, praise God. Last verse. When at last in His presence I stand above, He will wipe every tear from my eyes. And I'll thank Him for giving a wretch like me a new home beyond the Amen. You're free to go in the name of the Lord. I've been changed. I've been reborn now. All my life has been rearranged. What a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All my life, praise God, has been changed. I've been changed. I've been reborn now. 